You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Lisa Wysocki. I'm in Ashland City, Tennessee. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm back in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, February 9th, episode 3362, brought to you today by uh, Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. And it's that time. Okay, so Wednesday's episode, which was an interview with Monty Roberts, and uh, Debbie Lauchs and I did that, Lisa. Um, well, apparently the people on the cruise didn't do the work they were supposed to do and put it in the right folder. So that will come out over the weekend. And I asked a lot of listener questions to Monty and said that'll come out over the weekend. Sorry for that. Um you know, people going on vacation get like vacation brain, I guess, and forgot to do put things where they were supposed to put them. So uh, anyway, we are working on getting that out for you. And um, I am going to write a strongly worded letter to Glenn about <laughs> how I feel about it. <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying that, Jamie, because I was looking for it yesterday and I couldn't find it. I went, what happened? So uh, I yeah. appreciate it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being here again. I appreciate it. Yeah. Always fun for me. <laughs> and you're are you back on your farm because you have fiber now, and so you're coming at us live from Colby's Colby's Army, right? Live from Colby's Army and fiber and and everything is everything is great, you know. Um, other than um, my situation with AI, and I think other people are having some issues with AI, and that's <sighs> kind of been upsetting my week uh, this week. You know, we've yeah, all had kind there, of a weird week. There's that stupid picture I shared it because. Um, Oh my God, it's a picture of a horse and it's like, you know, the Facebook page is like, horses are beautiful. And it's this picture of this clearly AI generated horse that's like somehow galloping through the deep grass and you can see the top half of it and its skin is wrinkly like an elephant and it has on its head like this beautiful brow band attached to nothing. Yes. So it's, what is going on with this, Lisa? You're in touch with it. So AI, you know, it's a new technology. And um, so my, you know, my personal issue is I had a reader of one of my Cat Enright book series uh, email me this week, and she wanted to find out more information about Cat Enright. So she typed in in one of the AI platforms, I'm not sure which one, uh, tell me more about the fictional character Cat Enright. And what came up, I think a lot of the listeners, uh, you, Jamie, might, might be familiar with the author Rita Mae Brown. She writes a, mm -hmm. a series that's set in Crozet, Virginia. Well, AI, in all of its wisdom, said Cat Enright is the main character in Rita Mae Brown's mystery series set in Crozet, Virginia. And she's an intrepid sleuth, and she is assisted in her sleuthing by the cat, Mrs. Murphy. And there were like three paragraphs like this. And oh, so none of that's real to me and said, what's going on with this? Because Kat Enright clearly does not live in Crozet, Virginia. She lives here in Ashland City near me. And she's, she's <laughs> a fictional character, not Rita Mae Brown's. And I, I'm a fan of Rita Mae Brown's. 
but you know, it, 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 there's, I called my publisher and she's, she's a lawyer and she said, you know, there's really not a whole lot we can do about this uh, other than bring attention to it. And it just goes to show, you know, with the picture of the horse and my situation with, with this blatantly false information that's going to confuse a ton of readers um, being out there that you can't trust anything that's on AI, nothing, nothing that the, no. the technology is not there yet. Hey, so. I would also like to say you really can't trust much that's on the internet either. I read a whole bunch of stuff about myself this week that and uh, the rescue that I work with, and um, none of it's true. Like, yeah, like what is going on? I, I just you can't trust anything. Apparently, there's a, a explicit pictures of Taylor Swift being passed around. Yeah, but they're AI. They're false. Like this, yes, this is just a terrible situation. We're a hole we're digging ourselves into that nobody's going to have a ladder big enough to get out of. Yeah. Well, my 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 suggestion is, you know, find a couple of sources that work for you. If you're looking for medical information, go to the Mayo Clinic or go to Wake Forest or go to some trusted source and use that. A doctor. You know, a doctor. Go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good idea. So, you know, just don't. And even Wikipedia, you know, as an author, we, we, we just know Wikipedia can't be trusted because I could go in there and say, you know, Brad Pitt was born in Hungary, and I could change that entry, and then everybody would think, "Oh, look, he's born in Hungary." Um, yeah. So you just can't trust information, not just AI, really anything. I, yeah. yeah, it it's it's yeah, it's upsetting. I'm sorry that that's happening to you. You know what? Well, you want me to you. go kick? Do you want me and to go you. kick Rita May in the shin because well, I don't she think did it's this? Her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's her. I just don't want readers looking for Rita Mae Brown books and then they're buying Cat Enright and vice vice versa, you know. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it, so. It's just a display of the slippery slope that we're going down right now. And, you know, I yeah. mean, it, 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 could be, it could be a mess. Well, hey, we're going to move on from that and we are going to get to our daily winnies. So here's the first one. And happy birthday to Roxana White and Marie Cornell, because Glenn's gone, I get to do the birthdays, my turn. And so happy birthday to the two of you. Now your turn, Lisa. So, Jamie, I, we all spend a lot of money on hay. I mean, it's a big budget oh. for anybody who has horses. And I just have as to say. As soon as you said that, I just looked out and counted my round bills that I have to away. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, how many more? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've just been really fortunate the last three years that we have a, a main farmer nearby along with a boarding stable and other farmers who have been donating our hay. We have spent nothing on hay for, for three years. And I, I say this because I've been hauling hay all week. So the, the hay is free, but I have to go get it. I have to go pick it up. And I'm just so grateful. And just a shout out to anybody anywhere who is thinking of, you know, therapeutic riding centers, horse rescues, and is, is donating, you know, hay, because it, it's just such a key. I mean, you can't do it without hay. And it's such a big expense. So I just want to say thanks to everybody who's who's helping out, helping out the, the nonprofits. Absolutely. And now I have one more daily Winnie. Okay, so so here's the thing, Lisa. Th this has been probably one of the most difficult weeks of my entire life. Like it's just yes. been an 
unbelievably awful week. Um, and I'm home now. And of course I feel so, so I've been at my mom in the hospital with my mom in the hospital and you you just can't seem to yeah. do enough. And when you leave, you feel like a terrible person when you're there, mm-hmm. everything sucks. You know, like, I mean, it's just, it's just as like, it's just as. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. As I've been there. Be. And, a lot and of us hurts. have been there. I know. And, and her health situation is just, it's just not not good like at all yeah. and and i mean so basically my mom is like dementia and she also has a stroke and so she's having to sleep restrained in the bed and like she she's pretty much gonna have oh. to like live like that forever and i'm just it's been just an awful situation and i know a lot of listeners have reached out and and i appreciate yeah. it and and sharing your stories as well i mean it's just like one of those things we do with parents so mm-hmm. the next daily winnie goes out to oh my god i got home last night and today I'm so excited. My daily winning goes out to horses because I cannot <laughs> wait to go play with my horses. I just, they're like, you know, I need a t-shirt. That's it. And I know they make them. I need to find one that says I ride my therapist every day. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that shirt. I got to get one. You got to find it. But yeah, like that is how I feel right now. I'm like, I can't wait to, and it's a decently warmish kind of day for February. You know, like you can go outside today. It's Yay. February. And I'm Yay. just so excited. I, I'm going to like, I'm going to play with my pony. I'm going to ride my dream horse. I'm just going to like have the best time. I'm going to ride all the things. <laughs> and yes. Do all yes. the things. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and you'll feel so much better come dinner time. you know? Yeah. I, I will be the woman my man, my husband married, as opposed to the homeless-looking monster that was in our house last night, yelling and griping about everything, in an exhausted state. You know, <sighs> it's going to be great. It will I'm excited be. about my day today. It will <laughs> so. be fabulous. Well, yes. thank you. Hey, speaking of awesome, thank you so much to KPP for being our title sponsor today. Let's hear from them. He was her first love. The one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, He was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Welcome to Barn Building 101, brought to you by Morton Buildings at mortonbuildings.com. Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. The educational series that we started last year on horse insurance and trailers have proved both popular and educational. We asked you what else you wanted to hear about. 
and building a barn was high on the list. Joining us for this series is Dennis Lee, Equestrian Product Line Manager at Morton Buildings. In this part three of three, we talk about building that indoor arena you've always dreamed about. If you missed part one and two, go to horseradionetwork.com slash barn to take a listen. So, Dennis, you know, site selection and prep is one of the first things to look at. One, you have to have a piece of ground that's big enough to put it on, right? But then it, you also have to do some preparation to make it right. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Glenn. And, and really, site selection and site prep is one of the most important factors in building anything, but especially something as large as a riding arena. So, you know, we always want to take into consideration, you know, proximity of the arena to your stall barn. Uh, access for, you know, trucks and trailers and truck and trailer parking, uh, but also, you know, management and mitigation of water. So there's going to be a tremendous amount of water that comes off the roof of a building that size, and you want to make sure and get that away from the building, uh, you know, as quickly as possible. So, we, you know, we like to see a minimum of a 1% slope away from the buildings, uh, good positive drainage all the way is around that, it. Is that in um, all directions, the 1%? Yeah, that would be in all directions. So we want to make sure, you know, and and every building site is going to have some amount of grading required, you know, some amount of slope. And you're talking, if you're talking a 196 or 200 foot long building, you know, even a very minimal uh, slope on the site, you can, can really add up. So want to make sure and have a good grading plan. And you want that site prepared prior to erecting the building. Some of the uh, nightmare examples that we see out there. People will try and build the building first and then come back and address the grading after the fact. You really only have one opportunity to get that grading and site prep just right, and that's in the very beginning. So in your large indoors like that, when they're like 200 feet long, do you put spouting up, or do you have it drained well enough that you don't need spouting on that long span? Well, no, all of our buildings are going to include gutters and downspouts. But, you know, you have to have a plan of where to take that water. Right, I was going to ask that because that's a lot of water coming over there. It is. It is. So, you know, you need to have appropriate drain tiles and piping to get that water away from the building. But, you know, we also have the, uh, you know, runoff from, you know, the remainder of the site. So if your arena is, you know, adjacent to your barn and you have water coming off of your barn or coming out of the parking lot, you have to have a plan to divert that water around the building. Uh, as well as the water that comes off the building itself. So size, we all want one bigger than we can afford, right? I mean, everybody does. Um, so what are, is there guidelines? What, what, do we, what do you look at when you're talking to me and I'm saying, okay, you know, I want, I want an indoor, I, I can afford this much, but I really have to do these kinds of things. What do you, where do you start with the customer? You know, arena size requirements are very discipline-specific. Uh, we do see, you know, some people that are, if you're a cult starter, uh, or a, a, you know, a round pinning person, a 42 foot wide arena may, may work for you. Um, you know, our, your basic dressage arena is going to be 20 by 40 meters. So, you know, you want to make sure and build a building to accommodate that. One thing that's important to remember, building dimensions are measured from the exterior corners of the building. So you have to make sure and accommodate for the wall thickness of whatever the building framing is, as well as, uh, you know, we highly recommend a tapered interior liner in the building just from a safety standpoint. So when you're talking building dimensions, uh, you want to make sure that you have a large enough building to accommodate the frame of the building, your tapered liner, and then have room for your arena. So a 20 meter 
dressage arena requires a 66 or a 72 foot wide building. And 81 is even better if you want to have some, you know, some room uh, for people to, to stage and watch around. We offer buildings up to 150 wide for, for your jumping or, or rodeo or rain disciplines as well. That's a large building. How about height? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. Um, you know, height is, is a huge consideration. We don't recommend anything lower than 16 feet for riding arenas. Uh, and if you're, you know, an Olympic show jumper or something where you're doing large fences and large horses, then we really want to even go up from there. And uh, one thing we really want to re- remember nowadays, even more and more buildings are incorporating the large format fans, the large ceiling fans. Yeah. And those fans can hang down about 30 inches. So we want to make sure and accommodate for your show jumper, their great big warm blood horse plus a fan hanging down. Uh, you know, so make sure you have plenty of height there. So a minimum of 16, 19 or 20 is even better. And the other thing we want to remember, um, is resale value. So just because you're exercising pleasure horses in that arena doesn't mean that the future owner may not be into show jumping horses. Uh, okay. Now length, I always heard that you should have it twice as long as wide. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. The best thing to do there is to go out and get some real world measurements from the areas that you're currently riding in. You know, we're, we're all guilty of having relatively low spatial awareness. So the best thing to do is get a big tape measure, go out and take some measurements of the place you're currently riding in or measure out where you plan to build the arena, put some flags in the ground and ride in that and see if you can, if you can maneuver in that space. I personally ride rainers and rain cow horses, and I've ridden in some 90-wide arenas. And, man, those big, fast circles are just really tough to make in a 90-wide arena. And ventilation, you know, we talked about that with the barn, uh, with the barns. How important is ventilation in arenas? We also all have been uh-huh. in dusty arenas, haven't we? So, Yeah, yeah. so anything equine-related, ventilation is key. You know, horses give off a lot of humidity. Many of us are building, at, you know, in humid parts of the country. So we love to see, you know, some big sliding doors on the ends of the arena. Uh, one feature that we've really done a lot of in the last few years that customers have really liked is taking like a nine foot by nine foot garage door and actually installing garage doors as if they're windows along the perimeter of the building. So you can open or close that as you see fit. Um, but you want to really be able to get a lot of air in there. Uh, in the summer as well as in the winter when it's, uh, you know, it's humid. Dust control. There are arena dust control systems. We've installed several of the uh, misting type of systems that help to control dust. Remember when you're using an arena misting system and you're introducing even more moisture into that building. So you want to make sure that you have it properly ventilated or you'll have a condensation issue. And we've all been in arenas where you're loping a horse around and you take that big fat water drop to the face or your horse gets one to the face and it can be very disruptive. So if you're watering that ground, you want to make sure that you're, you know, that water is going to go somewhere. So you have to accommodate for that to come into the atmosphere. Uh, there's also a lot of synthetic footings available that are dustless. Um, yeah, but that's typically something you're going to want to work with the footing consultant on to get that right footing. So the venting, is there venting along the walls where it meets the roof? Is there venting all along there? 
Yeah, so our buildings are standard with uh, uh, one, two, three, or four foot ventilated overhang along the sidewalls. And then you want to match that with either a powered or a non-powered ventilated cupola. So you want to create directional airflow. You want to pull air in from the overhangs and allow it to be directed directly to the ridge cap uh, through power ventilated cupolas. Well, we have a well-ventilated arena that drains on both sides, but we can't see anything inside of it. So what do you guys do about lighting? So lighting is very important in an arena. I think uh, you know several of us have probably been in some old, uh, you know, dark, really, spooky, scary really arenas dark at some arenas. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so we love natural lighting. You know, you can do uh, skylights with a vapor barrier on them. They're great for pulling in, uh, you know, natural lighting. There's also what's called a sky belt, which is where you use that translucent skylight panel along the side walls of the building to bring in more light. And then, of course, we're generally going to supplement with a really well laid out uh, supplemental overhead lighting. The uh, LED panel lights are very popular. They pull, you know, relatively little power. The thing about overhead lighting, you want to work with a real uh, quality lighting installer, lighting contractor to get the correct candle powers down at the arena floor. And it is very important to minimize shadows. So we know horses are looking for things to be scared of generally, and you don't want to be loafing a horse around and have it spook or shy from some, uh, you know, weird shadow on the floor. So you uh, most now LED lights are pretty much what's put in? Oh, it's about all that we're doing yeah. nowadays, yeah. So there's they make a 2x4 and a 2x2 LED panel. Um, they're dimmable. You can hang them down from a chain so they're actually at the same plane as your large ceiling fans because you don't want to have shadows from those ceiling fans on the yeah. floors. Okay. The LED lights are incredibly affordable now, and the power savings alone, uh, yeah, they'll pay for themselves over in a few years. And any other things to consider when you're building your dream arena? Uh, you know, we briefly mentioned the tapered liner earlier. Um, I am a huge fan of the tapered arena liner from a safety standpoint. You know, it keeps those horses off the structure of the and building just let's, enough. Let's explain that. That's the, the at the bottom of the wall. Uh, it usually mm-hmm. would, and it's tapered up to, uh, upwards toward the wall. So, yes. Yeah. So there's yes, no so corners for, for to get stuck in, basically. Right. So it's a four foot, we offer a four foot or a six foot liner. So from the, from the ground, it would taper back towards the wall of the building. So it, it actually keeps the horse away from the columns of the building just enough to provide clearance for your feet and knees. So when you're riding a horse around in that arena, they, you know, cause horses want to graduate, gravitate towards the fence or towards the exterior of the building, uh, just for comfort's sake. So that tapered liner helps hold that horse off of the sidewalls of the arena enough that your knees and your toes sticking out, uh, you know, because we're all going to ride around with our heels down just right. Uh, you know, we don't want our feet to get banged against those columns as we go around. All right. Very good. And how many arenas do you put in that have the viewing lounges? Uh, more and more every day. So we've built several this year that have had a viewing lounge. Um, especially if your facility intends on doing clinics, you know, hosting clinicians, the viewing lounge is really nice. Or if it's a, a lesson facility, you know, you, you have the, the, the children and the instructor in the arena, 
doing a lesson. It's really nice for mom and dad or grandma and grandpa to be able to sit in the viewing lounge, watch what's going on and be, you know, protected from the elements and protected from the dust. So we, we do several buildings a year uh, that have a viewing lounge. And of course, I'm a horse husband, so I worry about where to put the stuff. Uh, you also have to really keep in mind uh, where to store equipment. Are you going to be putting equipment in there? Uh, hay, bedding, all of that stuff. Horse trailer? Yeah, so we we built quite a few arenas that will have a storage component across one end. Um, I mean, you have to take into consideration where your drag tractor is going to sit, uh, your Cavaletti poles, your uh, markers for your dressage arena, jumps, jump poles, uh, any any sort of you know supplemental aids or tools that you're going to have in that arena. You want to have somewhere convenient. Uh, to, to access those. So a nice storage area off one end of the building is really nice. Um, mirrors, you know, a lot of, a lot of disciplines like to have mirrors on one wall or another. Uh, you mentioned a viewing lounge that you can do additional, uh, storage for hay and bedding or the horse trailer, that type of thing. All right. Very good. Well, thanks, Dennis, for doing this series. We really appreciate it. From stables and stall barns to riding arenas, a Morton building is professionally built for your functional needs, your horse's safety, and your budget. Save now through February on new buildings during their building value days. To learn more, visit mortonbuildings.com slash project slash equestrian, and I'll put that link in the show notes. You can go to the website. You'll find the equestrian stuff. You'll be good at that. And if you want to hear the past two segments that we did, but you missed them, go to horseradionetwork.com slash barn. So, Lisa, I'm not a football person. Me um, either. But Sunday is the Super Bowl, and I am a party person. So <laughs> I, do love, I do love a good party that's, like, really close that doesn't cost me money to go to, aside from bringing some sides. And the Super Bowl is one of those. And plus, they usually set up some sort of gambling, so I get my gambling fix as well, like picking the boxes and the scores and doing all, the list of things. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll take all of it. I'll do There's all so of much it. more than just football. Yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> lots of food and gambling. and. I'm I'm in for both of those things. But I was doing some number crunching here, trying to find something like non-football related to talk about. And pretty much the only thing to talk about is food and commercials. So I found this online. Did you know last year, Domino's Pizza alone delivered two million pizzas no two million that's an insane number and that's just dominoes i don't even have a dominoes close to me so i i i can't imagine that now the largest single order was uh the ever that anybody has received for the super bowl this was last year's super bowl papa john's one papa john's this poor place one papa john's got an order for 500 large pizzas from a customer in Portland, Oregon. Holy cow. I mean, how many people did they have to have at their party? (laughs) (laughs) Block party and invite the whole, you know, street of New York City to to our party. 500 large two-topping pizzas from a customer customer in Portland, Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Now, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's the single biggest sales day for Buffalo Wild Wings. 
The most popular sauces are the honey barbecue Parmesan garlic mild and medium Asian zing. Now, I don't eat buffalo wild wings. I don't eat chicken. So uh, the on Sunday, buffalo wild wings will sell 11 million wings. Oh, my goodness. That wow. is 5.5 million chickens that <laughs> give, their, give their lives for you. People, <laughs> 11 million. And I mean, so we've got Domino's covered and we've got Buffalo Wild Wings covered. And you know what Rotel is that like those cans of tomatoes yes. that have like diced tomatoes and green chilies? Yes, yes. On Sunday, 5.19 million cans of Rotel will be consumed. This is according to numbers for last year. Oh, wow. Now you that- think, go ahead. No, I was just saying, so so the Super Bowl, it's, it as I said, it's so much more than football, but it's like this whole big other industry. So with that Rotel, speaking of industries, people use that Rotel tomato dice pepper thing to make, you know, cheese dip. Yeah. So do you know how many <laughs> last right. week or last year on Super Bowl Sunday, how many million pounds of Velveeta were? <laughs> I am afraid to ask. I'm afraid Four to ask. Million pounds of Velveeta were consumed on Super Bowl Sunday last year. Ugh. Oh my goodness. And oh, on wow. Monday, seven million people went into cardiac arrest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was just gonna say the emergency rooms closed because they were over overcrowded. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, we're falling down the street. <laughs> Too much Velveeta. It's like they go to wow. take blood and Velveeta comes out. <laughs> wow. Now, the other thing that people talk about with the Super Bowl is commercials. Okay. Yes. Yes. Have you seen any of the commercials? I've I've seen snippets of it. You know, I'm like a lot of people. The only reason I watch the Super Bowl is for the commercials, you know, but yeah. I like to make it um I, I like to surprise myself. Now I've heard really good things about the new Budweiser commercial. Um and I, I saw a little snippet of it. But it's horses. They're bringing back the horses for the Bud commercial. Um, yes. they're trying to rebrand themselves, you know, Bud like got themselves in some troubles this past year. So they're trying to rebrand themselves like uh, American. So they went back to the horses, thank God. But the price of a commercial in 2004, and I remember this because we were like, oh my God, it cost $2 million for I a remember. commercial. Yeah. It, this was 2004, you, though, right? Yeah. 2010 was $3 million. $3 million for a 30-second commercial. 2014, $4 million. I'm to ask. 2020 was $5.6 million. And this year, they kept it the same as last year. $7 million for a 30-second ad. So I have to ask. So... I, I guess if you're selling, you know, 18 bazillion pounds of cheese, it's worth $70, <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, is it really worth that amount of money? Are you going to sell that much product? I, I don't know. Or is it, or is it just a, 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 a status thing to, Hey, we got a Super Bowl ad. I would imagine probably the people that buy commercials probably get like a suite in the Super Bowl. So if you're like a big Chiefs fan, then uh, well, you're you probably... Yeah. You know, it's it's worth it. Um, but uh, by the way, I did hear a story of one of the wives of one of the players 
on the team wanted to get a suite for her family and couldn't because it was like one fourth of her husband's salary for the year. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Oh my God! What? It's just like yeah, we can't afford it. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, st- yeah. We'll just watch on TV. <laughs> yeah, watch on TV. So, thinking about it though, Lisa, how many commercials do you actually watch anymore with streaming and downloading and movies and stuff? Probably not many. So what people are saying, none. yeah, none. <laughs> um, I, it makes me mad to watch commercials. Yet that is the one time that people tune in to the commercials. So they're saying like $7 million is basically you're guaranteeing an audience to see your company. This is true. This is true. And then, you know, you usually have the commercial on, excuse me, on like YouTube or something. So if it's great and then you tell all your friends and they've missed it, you can watch it there. Um, So you get some, some, post Super Bowl bang for your buck too, I guess. Yeah. And they get talked about, you know, for the for the next day, everybody's talking about what commercials were on. But how many of those commercials do you watch? You're like, what was that for? I don't know. Yeah. Even, what was that yeah. commercial for? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. If you well, if you're not totally tuned into it, you're gonna miss it. I know. Or or the, even if you are tuned in, you're like, what was that a commercial for? Was that Doritos or was that Oreos? Like, I don't know what that was a commercial for. <laughs> well, hey, we will we will talk to you on Monday some of some of the best ones. I've watched a bunch of them on YouTube, like you said, because then I don't have I'm gonna be at a party and you don't get to watch the commercials. Those are the ones I'll make note of when everybody falls quiet when they're watching commercials. Oh, that would be cool. Those are usually the good ones. Those yeah. The good ones. All right. Well, it's time for Pay it, I say pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. Okay, well, we're going to get him going. I still don't know the prizes are. I don't know anything about that. Um, But the producers didn't make a note for me to tell you. Do not send, when you're submitting a really bad ad to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. That's where you send a really bad ad. Links to Facebook ads don't work. You have to send a screenshot. You can just screenshot it and then email it over to Jen at Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And we appreciate you guys doing that. Remember, these are real ads that people posted online all over the world. And y'all see them and you're like, oh, my God, that is a bad ad. And then you send it to us and then we read it and we all get to enjoy like Judy did. We're going to start with Judy. Oh, this is in Boise, Idaho. Young Male horse, this is the title. I'm assuming this is Craigslist kind of looks like that format. Young male horse, white slash brown, two-year-old, comma, dash, 2,800 bucks. Hi, I'm selling a young horse. He is two years old, friendly, fast, and tall. He is very active and sure loves to run, is very friendly with lots of energy. He is going to grow up to be a very big potential horse. Might, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, might run faster than a Ferrari. I, I don't think so. When he starts running, his head raises up 
And those kind of horses are in a higher level. <laughs> he is not trained, but that won't be a problem due to his young age. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how, number one, how do you be a potential horse? I mean, he's isn't got, he already a horse? He's a big potential horse that can run faster than a Ferrari, Lisa. Duh. With his head I up. Mean, with his head up. Don't forget well, that. Well, that's a special kind of potential horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And too bad there's not a picture of him. I don't see. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so Jenny sent in this next one from San Antonio. Dirt with some grass. I dug some holes to plant a couple trees. I have two wheelbarrows worth of dirt with a few small tree roots and some grass. If Ad is up, then the dirt is still here. Who the hell is going to want to go pick up two wheelbarrows worth of dirt? With grass and tree roots in it. I mean, it's not like you can put it in your planter, you know. You, I, <laughs> Again, I want the phone number, Jenny. You have to include the phone number so I can text them during the show and we get our answer whether anybody ever came and got the two wheelbarrows worth of dirt. I know. I know. <sighs> uh, Eden sent in the next one, and this is Project Horse, $20 in Opelika. Is that Florida? Isn't there Opelika? Uh, Opelika is uh, Alabama, maybe? Alabama. Oh, hell. Well, I don't know. Somewhere in the South. I don't, yeah. It's free. It's free, but it's at $20. Okay. Yeah. Free 16.2HH Palomino. Do you enjoy kind, personable horses? Do you like to have a calm ride and remain in the saddle? Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer a horse who doesn't need lots of work? If so, this is not your horse. <laughs> she is a nasty, witchy horse. She is a triple threat. Bites, bucks, and bolts. I want her gone. I haven't been able to catch her in a month. And I don't have any good picks to be riding her because every time my boyfriend tried, I was on the ground before I could say cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your trailer, you catch her yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And 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 done. So, <laughs> uh, so that's another one. You want to call her and find out if anybody ever came to get her. Yeah, I actually want her. I think I could fix her. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, go ahead. Uh, this next. one was from Sandy in Cookville. There is a Cookville, Tennessee. So maybe maybe that's it. So ginormous double door dog crate. New, never used. Big enough to hold goats or a mini horse. $80. No, <laughs> don't put a mini horse in dog crate. No, no, <laughs> no or even a goat. I, I <laughs> it is ginormous, though. I mean, come on. Oh. Well, Rose, yeah. Rosemary sent in the next one. Oh, it's our trailer of the week. Oh, my. It's a doozy. Wow. Tetanus. Get your tetanus shot, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, horse trailer, $2,000? Maybe she's paying you that. A uh, <laughs> 24-foot horse trailer, floor's good, and all the lights work. Has a new mattress in it. Uh, oh, so so I'm looking at this this picture, Jamie, and it says floor's good, but it looks to me like if I stepped on the floor that I would I would go right through. That's what it looks yeah, like to me. I, I, on the outside, 
It doesn't look like the bed, and, and there is a gooseneck, and they in the gooseneck they put in a mattress that still has the plastic wrap on it. True. It doesn't look like the one you'd be very comfortable on, no. but nonetheless, it looks new. And However, inside, it's a rust bucket. Inside is rusty. There's like some like tears in the metal up in the front. It's just yes. like a like a slant load like steel stock trailer with. Like dents on the inside, and the floor literally, like you said, we could step through it. You would yeah. step in it and just psh, <laughs> through. Oh my goodness! Wow, two thousand dollars. <laughs> it could be yours. It could uh, be. It could be. All right, next one. Okay, Katie. Oh. Katie. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Katie sent this one in. Um, I don't see that it says where it's from, but it looks like Facebook. Okay, yeah, it does. It does. I have the perfect Christmas pony. 13-1-H, stout-built gelding, 8 to 10 years old. Donald was purchased from Texas as the safest, sweetest, most gentle pony the good Lord ever made. However, (laughs) mysteriously, somehow during his trailer ride from Texas to New England, he must have lost all his southern charm and hospitality, since he is not at all what he was advertised to be. So Donald (laughs) needs to find Jesus again. (laughs) (laughs) This pony is gorgeous. He's cute. I'll give him that. When you see him, you think fancy quarter pony-sized Rainer Rancher. Great news. He doesn't just look like a ranch pony. He is, in fact, also ranchy. And no, not in the good way. He's hard to catch. Flinchy, cinchy, and scooty. So far, he's not offered to buck, but he acts a little like he might. But he hasn't. He doesn't have many buttons, and brakes are sometimes optional. He walks around decent, but anything beyond that seems to invite a gradual increase in speed that eventually leads him to taking his rider back to wherever he wants to go, like the gate, the barn, etc. But wait, there's more. Donald is part Tennessee walking horse. <laughs> um, what in the Texas yeehaw is that, you ask? That's correct. A pony TWH cross. Someone had a bad idea. After too much bourbon or someone's stud just jumped the fence, (laughs) (laughs) Donald is barefoot and appears sound. Easy keeper, stout built. What he needs is a lot of wet saddle pads and a lot of life experiences. Unless your kid is a cowboy or you want them to find out the hard way what it's like to be one, do not ask me if he will work for your kid. Grandkids. In all seriousness... This pony was purchased by a family who has riders with health concerns at a hefty price. He's not going to be suitable for them, and they're taking a big loss. We have to laugh, or we would cry about this situation. Trust me. They want to find him the right home instead of sending him through a sale, but he is here to be sold. We do not want anyone to get hurt. No leases, no trials, and no training advice, please. He needs a skilled rider. Serious inquiries, please message me, and I'd be happy to share all the details. Donald isn't mean. He's just scared, reactive, nervous, etc., and a long way from being the grandma kid-safe pony he was made out to be. His price is negotiable, starting around the mid-four figures. Make an offer. (laughs) But don't insult us. We know what we've got here, LOL. I know you, yeah, apparently (laughs) you do. You know it's going to hurt you. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Located in Davenport Center, New York. Shipping available at buyer's expense. Up to date on everything, all shots, and ready for new zip code. Message me for more info. Uh, Jamie, you got to go get this pony. I do. I have it. 
You know, I mean, granted, I didn't get a bunch of great videos of these horses, but I can see how this would happen because these guys, these, you know, like Taco was written, being ridden by a six foot four guy in the picture, in the video. Wow. And he couldn't do anything. No. He couldn't run off. And they had like this big, giant Western bit in his mouth. But like when I got here, I restarted him completely. And he had no idea what bits mean. None. Oh, because my goodness. It, and he had cuts on the side of his mouth, you know, be from from them. And I watched the video. They like gallop him and then yank him, spur him oh, and then yank him. And wow. it, he looks safe and everything, but I wouldn't trust him farther than I can throw him. Maverick, however, is 15 and crippled. And I kind of knew that when I bought him. So yeah. it's but he was watchy and scared too. flinchy, cinchy, scooty, all the things she said. Oh, my God. Everything. So when you guys, if you're buying a horse for your child, especially if they have health problems. You need to ride the horse first. Don't do yes. this. This happens so often. I mean, like I said, I have two of them. Granted, I'm a horse trainer. I don't care. Right. I mean, I can I can deal with it, but when you well, buy and they kids, apparently have kids with some health issues, so I'm thinking, you know, more therapeutic riding type pony is needed. And obviously this this isn't it. But but then to to trash poor Donald all the way through this long, long post, and then say mid four figures. I'm like, really? Uh, we know what we have. No, yeah, no, yeah. Apparently, you didn't. You didn't know what you were buying. Now you know what you have is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This wow. is supposed to be funny, and we're not making it funny. So let's start okay. over. There we go. <laughs> on to the next. Hannah. One. Hannah sent this one in on the Arizona Horse Corner Facebook page. Y'all, I used to be a part of that. I had to leave. Uh, Four year old registered filly. She's smart, she's cowy, she can wash and shoe. Really? Well, that is a talented filly. She has a really pretty little paint. I tell you, well, she, she can wash my dishes. She can wash and shoe. There you go. Wow. wow. Save on the farrier bills, get your buckets washed. That's pretty, pretty talented. Mm -hmm. Pretty talented. So Faye sent in this next one. I think it's from the English Tack Exchange. Four horse buckets, three flat back. 20 quart buckets, two purple and one blue. Need a good scrubbing, $8 each cash or Venmo. One free six quart bucket, $5 cash or Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> free with bucket purchase, first come, first serve, one over the door hanger for halters, bridles, etc. So, how, how is it free and you have to pay $5? I'm <sighs> You know, Facebook Marketplace is getting ridiculous. Oh, this is English Tech Exchange. Even more ridiculous is that page. Silly. Uh, Teresa said in the next one, wanted a halflinger stud for breeding. West Phoenix, $1. I am looking for a halflinger stud to breed with my registered halflinger male. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Proofread, people. <laughs> Uh, please call with any information. I've got questions I'd like to call you about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. There we go. Well, um, yeah. Um, Rayanne sent in the next one. Free goat. Hey, I got a goat a while back. I was trying to have more of an exotic pet, but it's not going so well. And I need to give it away to a good home as soon as possible. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's what happens when you get a goat. Yes. People go, oh, this isn't as fun as I thought it was. My my friend Ginger, she spends more time shoring up the goat pen than she does enjoying looking at the goats. Like, I mean, they're just escape artists and they break everything. Those of you that have goats, God bless you. Oh, so Jamie, my first job out of college in Washington State, and I had had no experience with goats. So I drive my truck in to the barn. I was living in an apartment above the barn, and I'm unloading my truck. And I left the door open, the driver's side door open, and there were goats in the paddock along with the horses. And I came back. I carried a box up the stairs to the apartment, back down, and the goat, whose name was Laverne, by the way, had <laughs> eaten my she had eaten my steering wheel. Oh, my God. In about, I don't know, less than five minutes. There was like just chunks of it everywhere. So that was that was my like experience with goats. And I've not been a big goat fan ever since. Sorry. Sorry to all the goat lovers. My next door neighbor in Arizona had goats and and we would always look over and the goat was standing on the roof of his truck eating (laughs) the tree above. And I was like, can you imagine how much damage that was doing to this truck? Like, you would jump in the back or jump on the hood and then climb up the windshield and get up on the top of the Oh, no, 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 I'm good. All right, Lisa, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show today. Really appreciate it. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll get the Monty episode out. Well, we, me and the mouse in my pocket, we'll get the uh, Monty (laughs) episode out this weekend. And uh, thanks to George for producing this week and and Paul and, and everybody for all the people that have not been on the cruise thank you for being here and uh everybody have a great weekend lisa do you have any big plans for the super bowl no i'm gonna watch the ads that's that's it i'm just gonna (laughs) enjoy the ads there you go and see taylor swift you know what i actually hope the chiefs win because i don't know why i like love i mean i'm not a swifty but i love taylor and i think it'd be like super cool if she won. He won the Super Bowl, and then it came down, and he proposed to her. So I was thinking not- the same thing. I was thinking the exact yeah. same thing. Yes, that would be very cool. But that is so cool. Yes. Yeah, you heard it here first. As long as she said yes, it would be cool. I was thinking, but like, think about the the, the ramifications of that. You, you're yeah. Travis Kelsey. You just won like su- the Super Bowl, and Taylor Swift is there, and you're getting swarmed. And you get down on one knee and you propose in front of all the cameras and a bazillion people. And then she says, no. I, oh, my yes, God. I know. I know. I know. But she wouldn't. Like, would she? she would say yes. She would say yes. And mean, she's done so much for, for football. I mean, everybody's watching football because of her now. There's like kids, 13-year-old girls watching football. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that does for football because it was already a big thing anyway. But what's cool is that. I mean, even if he proposes and she didn't want to marry him, say yes and then sort it out later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Don't go for sure. With it. I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't it be so cool if he proposed? Yeah. I don't know well, why I, was I care. Thinking that. I was thinking that. And that's another reason why I'm watching, in case that happens. <laughs> so we're all watching commercials and to see if Travis Kelsey wins and then proposes. But yeah. what if he lost? Would he still propose at the end? Oh my God, so many questions. Why I've I've oh. been sitting in a hospital room for like a week. I've thought of nothing. I've, I've reached <laughs> the end of the internet, so I had to start thinking for myself. And this is like stuff that this I still put. Yeah. All okay. right. You're already here first, people. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bay, neuter, and guilt. 